Hey, welcome to Hey Aspot. Welcome. Happy uh, day the Golden Girls first aired. Day. Woo. Is that the day we're recording or the day that this will come out? <coughs> Absolutely the day we're recording. Oh, okay. Fuck whatever day <laughs> the day this comes out will be. Like, Who even uh, knows what that two, is? Two weeks, two weeks from now. <laughs> I used to have... Um, so I make... Uh, like pin numbers based off of important dates but like not important to me specifically just like random right and i'm not going to share any current ones obviously but i used to have a pin number that was the day murder she wrote uh premiered oh that's a good one yeah (laughs) they're always super random like that you know like the day a tv show i like premiered or the day a historical figure died or something oh yeah the day a war ended blah 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 so but i have not listed any current ones you cannot steal anything from me you probably could even without my pen but you know don't be nice (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, but today is, I've heard, the day that Golden Girls first aired. Golden Girls is a very good te- television show. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. It's very funny. Can I give you a Golden Girls fun fact? You can always give me a Golden Girls fun fact. So the the character Deadpool is a huge Golden Girls fan, mm-hmm. apparently. And in, I believe it was the first Deadpool movie, Ryan Reynolds had to fight to have to be able to be Wade Wilson in a Golden Girls in a specifically a B Arthur tank top. Yes. Uh, and he ended up like having a conversation with uh, her sons and was like, Hey guys, like how about I just give $10,000 to whatever charity was B Arthur's favorite charity. And you guys give me the likeness or the rights to be able to wear this shirt in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's how he's able to wear that shirt in that movie. And that's a thing I learned today. That's wow. On this, the day that Golden Girls first aired. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a Golden Girls miracle. Yeah. So my favorite thing about Golden Girls, other than how funny it is, is the fact that um, Betty White was on it, specifically because she was an old woman in the 80s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She's and like, now she's still an old woman in the 2020s. Yep. Yeah. All the other Golden Girls, by the way, are dead. Good she, lord. She has outlived them all. I'm, con- I'm convinced she's taken their life essence. Yeah. Maybe. You know how they say that, um, like, there, there's a thing that's like, oh, they say, scientists say that the first person to live to 150 has already been born. It's going to be Betty White. <laughs> yes. If she was born many years ago. It's either going to be her or one of the guys from the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Oh, God. Her and Mick Jagger. Oh, God. They're going to live forever. I'm convinced they Mm -hmm. can't die. I'm thinking about older actresses today. I don't know why. I'm thinking about Debbie Reynolds, too. Yeah. Well, there was the news about Norm MacDonald. Yeah. Yeah. He was so young, though. He was only 61. Mm -hmm. Well, and apparently he had been battling cancer for almost 10 years. Yes. I saw a quote of his today that I think is pretty poignant, and that is, um, uh, when you die of cancer, the cancer dies, too. It's not a loss. It's a draw. (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> I saw a bunch of people t- tweeting that today. God. God, my whole Twitter feed was just R.I.P. Norm Macdonald. Oh yeah, my face. Like I had feed. to, I had, I had to stop looking at Twitter because I was just like, man. Yeah. Was a lot. Hell is it, it. It's uh, my entire social media, but particularly in my Facebook, because you know I'm from. I, I, I basically, if you show up in my friends, like sending me a, a friend request and you have a microphone in your profile picture, I'll just accept it. You know, I don't have yeah. to know you or anything. I just knowing <laughs> your comic is enough. Yeah. Um, if if you have a microphone and probably a hundred plus mutual friends. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like we're cool, we're cool. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. My entire Facebook feed has been like, I love Norm Macdonald and this. He inspired me to do comedy. Mm-hmm. He, you know, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, you know, um, I feel sad for the people who are really sad today. I think it's tragic that he died so young. I think he was funny. Yeah. Rip to to Norm. Yeah. Rip Norm. Rip Norm. I will say I did watch one of my favorite bits of his that somebody else shared earlier. It's the moth bit. Oh yeah, the moth bit. The is moth very bit good. is so good. It's so yeah. good. Fuck oh yeah. man. God, the moth bit is like that's the comic I want to be. You know what I yeah. mean? There are two like that's one of those where it's like a perfect bit that that I consider a perfect bit. The other one is Gary Goldman's naming the United States bit or oh, like yeah. uh, not naming them, um, abbreviating them <laughs> another perfect bit. But like they, those two are just like up there with like perfect, absolute perfect jokes. Can Flawless I execution. Go ahead and say that to me, the perfect bit is Paul F. Tompkins' peanut brittle joke. Yes. Oh, God, yes. That's another one. If you have not heard Paul F. Tompkins' (laughs) peanut brittle joke, stop what you are doing right now and go listen to it. You can find it on Spotify. It is so good. It's possibly my favorite joke. Other than, of course, my other favorite joke, which is, if you ever drop your keys into a river of molten lava... Let him go, because man, they are gone. That is also a very good joke. Oh hell yeah! Uh, yeah, uh, but the peanut t- Paul F. Tompkins is so good, and his peanut brittle bit is really good. Another joke that I would consider to be like a perfect joke is a uh, Baron Vaughn's Cat Congress joke. I don't think I know that one. Oh wait, wait, yes, 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 I do know that one. Yeah. Where he was like, my cat was a libertarian. Yeah. I thought he said liberal. He said libertarian. (laughs) I had to go balance. I had to go get another cat to balance it out. (laughs) So good. Oh, God. That is, that joke is actually called Cat People. And it's in Baron Vaughn's album, Raised by Cable. That entire album. Such a good album. It's such a good album. Go listen to it right now. Also. Yeah, we'll wait. Yeah. Again, yeah, we will absolutely wait. We will absolutely wait. So, uh, just so good. So yeah, um, comedy, comedy, man. Comedy. It's a bitch. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's somebody's famous last words that are like dying is easy, comedy is hard, and admittedly I have never died before, but I have done comedy and it is very hard. 
<laughs> so yeah. if you can write a perfect joke, you've nailed it. Good job. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, I had to, I really had to look up who that was. Oh, it's a Bear. deathbed quote attrib- attributed to actor Edmund Gwen. Yes. Yeah. I like I like reading uh, last famous last words. So. They apparently also said it on uh, Will and Grace, but apparently they meant it as a hair dye. Dying oh. is easy, yeah, which yeah. is oh, yeah. kind of hilarious. Good job, Will, and, Will and Grace, for having a good, a good joke also. Boom. It's possible Will and Grace has said several good jokes. I wouldn't know. I have not really seen a whole lot of Will and Grace. It was a good show back in the day. I watched it with my sister. Nice. Dead air. Fill it with something. <laughs> Someone say something. We can't just pause on the podcast. People won't know that we're sitting weirdly in our chairs. Do you guys ever eat chicken sandwiches? I'm kidding. No, I hate chicken <laughs> yeah. sandwiches. Specifically, you know that. Wait, what kind of chicken are we talking? Are we talking about like a like a Nashville hot chicken sandwich? Absolutely mm. not. I hate chicken. No, I don't. I'm just nervous. I'm trying to strum up conversation. <laughs> oh, God. This is what happens when we only go in with a half-formed plan. Today, <laughs> we are not talking about television or Norm MacDonald or comedy. Today, we are talking about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. And I'm going to start us off by saying I want to talk about really hyper-specific tropes that we are into. I'll go um, first. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, I regret saying I'll go first because I actually don't have any. Um, I have. I have. Uh, I've got one. Okay. Hit top of my it. head. Um, generic this- pot smash sound. Yes. That's my favorite. Uh, it's used really well in um, Wet Hot American Summer. Nice. Basically, like anytime someone is holding literally anything and they throw it off screen, there is the generic pot smash sound. You can also hear it everywhere in video games. Like, I know, especially most recently, like Resident Evil has it in there. Nice. Um, I'm pretty sure most of the Zelda games, it's generic pot smash. Just good old royalty free pot smash. Any royalty free sound effects are just chef's kiss like it's like a little it's like a little sound designer joke almost oh, yeah. it's like <laughs> we put this in here because we could yep. oh, yeah like the fucking uh, crank from resi 2 it's in a shit ton of games yeah yeah All right. so good yeah oh uh, speaking of like shit like that i really dig uh the fucking wilhelm scream Mm. It just it, whenever it pops up, and especially when it's used as a joke, it's just it's kind of hilarious. Oh yeah, I hate a bad use of the Wilhelm Wilhelm scream, though. I do. I hate it. So fair enough. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I really like, and this is a fanfic trope and a ro- romantic trope. I really like the trope. Oh no, two people who kind of hate or are indifferent to each other have to fake date for shenanigan reasons. And then uh, they fall in real love. That's pretty good. That is a good one. That is a good one. I'm also a fan of There Was Only One Bed, 
Uh, I know it's a trope. I know it gets overused. But guys, what are we going to do? There's only one bed. And then I love that trope when the solution is I'll sleep on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> or there's the, or there's only one bed. But you know what else there is? A couch. <laughs> Um, I also love, and this is a relationship dynamic in fiction, the whole, I am a terrible fucking person, but I like you, so I'm going to be nice to you specifically. <laughs> Just gonna, mm, chef's kiss. You know what, you know what relationship doesn't fall under that dynamic, though? Hannibal and Will. Oh my god. From Hannibal. You're watching that, Travis. What are you, how are you feeling? <laughs> It's like it's one of the best horror shows I've ever watched. You correct. Yes, that was the yes. Excellent. Um Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking nuts. I I'm watching it very sparsely mm-hmm. because I feel like cuz it's too good. I, I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm trying to savor it or if it's just because I can only handle so much of it at a time. Um, but I'm on episode 10 of season one right now. Holy shit. That's, oh, you're so close. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing about Hannibal season one is that one, it is absolutely a fucking comedy. Oh yeah, for sure. The entire show is just a hilarious comedy. When you think about it, like a workplace comedy, the show reminds (laughs) me the most of is the office. Yeah, it's (laughs) definitely, it's barrels of laughs. (laughs) It really is. I cannot understand. I cannot overstate how funny fucking Hannibal is. <laughs> There's this one scene very early on. Travis reminded me of it the other day, where uh, Hannibal pulls out someone's business card and then a recipe card. Yeah. <laughs> from two separate Rolodex. I think they're two separate. I don't remember. It's been a while. Yeah. Since no. I've it seen is. It's so. two. He's got two Rolodexes. One of business cards and one of recipe cards. Yep. And it's not just once. It's a montage. It is. It's this little murder montage. And my favorite thing about that episode is that it comes a couple of episodes in. And here's the thing. You know, you know that Hannibal is Hannibal Lecter. Like, you, yeah. you know, and you know who Hannibal Lecter is. You know, you've existed on this planet. You have at least heard of, like, Silence of the Lambs. But because they don't introduce Hannibal as a killer, even though he definitely murders someone in the first fucking episode, because they don't introduce Hannibal as a killer and a cannibal until, like, episode three or four, you kind of are like, maybe he won't be evil this time, you know? (laughs) Maybe he's not it. Maybe he's just a well-dressed European man. Well, I was like, oh, maybe they'll do the slow burn on Hannibal, like, becoming... Hannibal the cannibal and it was like no it's right away yeah <laughs> this isn't like this isn't like a Hannibal origin story where we see his first serial killing shit and him being introduced to the taste of human flesh he's been doing this for a while oh yeah he oh, this shoot. is not a new thing he is he is Hannibal Lecter the people just don't know yet mm-hmm. you're just unaware I just from from what it feels like so far, it's almost like a it's like a Silence of the Lambs origin story, or or is this like totally alternate to the Silence of the Lambs universe? No, it's not alternate to the Silence of the Lambs universe. Um, I don't want to give away too. Well, I feel like I've already actually given away so many Hannibal spoilers, so it doesn't matter at this point. Um. 
I think if they had gotten a fourth season, then they would have done a Silence of the Lambs mm. adaptation, which I would have been really interested to see. I mean, because the episode we watched for Let Shag Ass was effectively part of the sequel movie. Yeah. So I think that, okay. <clears throat> I think in the original book, after um, Red Dragon, Will has lost his family. Mm-hmm. and just kind of fucks off and becomes an alcoholic in Florida. Like, he becomes horribly disfigured um, in his face. Mm. And so he just kind of fucks off and becomes an alcoholic in Florida. Uh, and I will go ahead and say that I think in... Um, uh, I think in the television show Hannibal, I think Will would have been around, maybe, for Silence of the Lambs. I'm not sure. Gotcha. Obviously, we never got to see it, so who the fuck knows. Mm -hmm. Um, The issue is actually a rights issue. And it's interesting that we're talking about copyright right now, considering what episode we're watching today. Um, (laughs) But the issue is actually a copyright issue. NBC, the network that Hannibal was on, does not own Clarice. Ah. Um, Is that Universal? It's owned by whoever is doing... So there's actually a Clarice television show right now. And whoever owns... Whoever is producing that television show owns... uh, um, The rights to Clarice but not Hannibal Lecter. So that is part of the reason why we never got a Silence of the Lamb Hannibal adaptation. Also, it is also oh, why Hannibal... CBS. Yep. The same people who own part of Supernatural. Uh, no, Warner Brothers, I think. Yeah. So um, that's also why Hannibal doesn't show up in Clarice the Television Show. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It got canceled even sooner than Hannibal did. So take yeah. from that what you will. I have not seen it. I want to watch it. Um, oh, it's being it, they're putting the, they're making a second season four specifically to put on Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, wait, no. By June, the re- the relocation became unlikely to happen. Never mind. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so never mind. Scratch that. It's not happening. That is actually a sequel series to. Um, uh, Silence of the Lamb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I'm looking at his wiki page now. It's 13 episodes. So Cal Penn is in it. He shows up in some of the strangest stuff sometimes. Hmm. He's very good, though. I like Cal Penn a lot. He is a good actor. Yeah. So. I might just watch it just for him. Yeah, same. I might, like, watch the first episode to see what happens. Oh, you know what's something I can't believe we haven't talked about on the podcast yet? What's that? How are we feeling about the uh, Netflix Cowboy Bebop? Um... It... I'm excited for it. It looks good. Mm -hmm. I think the production, like, the pictures that we saw 
or are probably especially with some character design stuff is probably going to be touched up a little bit with like vfx mm-hmm. in um in post specifically stuff like jet's arm and yeah. uh, and all that but the sets look great yeah and i'm still looking forward to it yeah same I, I'm tentatively excited about it, and I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. First of all, I do not give a shit that they changed Faye Valentine's costume to be more covered up. They made her costume more realistic to a human real person. Yeah, not yeah. a cartoon fake person. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. People who <laughs> are complaining about that are fucking morons. Like... She first of all, she still looks hot as shit. Second of all, it's fine. Like it's a perfectly acceptable space agey costume, and she looks fine. Uh, I did hear someone say that they thought the costumes looked like cosplay. I've heard that as well, and I don't. That I don't completely disagree with. Um. Um. Yeah, I think Spike's suit is very strange looking Mm. like it's very show accurate but i think they should have made they should have adapted um, it to more like a real aesthetic yeah they they should have gone more on the side of realism Mm -hmm. than complete show accuracy but they also would have been absolutely crucified for that so no one wins yeah no one wins um i also am tentatively excited Live action adapta- anime, anime adaptations just have not gone super well, at least in the West. Yeah. Part of that is because, uh, I, yeah, it's, they're just not very good. They cast the wrong actors. Justin Chatwin <laughs> as Goku. Jesus Christ. <laughs> just what the fuck? Never in a million years. I think if I went back in time to, like, when DBZ was airing and was like, hey, um, Justin Chatwood is going to play Goku. I think everyone would look at me like I was fucking crazy. <laughs> also, they'd be like, who's Justin Chatwin? It's the 80s. He's a child. And I'd be like, yeah. mm, he's, a, he's an actor. He's going to do some pretty okay television shows and some pretty awful movies. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I think this has a chance to be good. I like, um, uh, is it John Cho who's playing Spike? Is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, I think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I do think of all of, like, the possible anime adaptations to adapt to live action and give it kind of a Western remake, I think Kobe Bebop might be the one to do it with. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's the most episodic. It's very heavily based off of like American movies and television shows. The soundtracks, jazz. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm very curious. What? Because is it the show, or are they just doing like a movie? I, I think they're doing. Is, the, is the adaptation like a full length show, or is it just going to be like a movie? It's a Netflix series. Okay, shit. All right. Hmm. Coming out in November. I'm kind of surprised there hasn't already been a trailer for it. Yeah. I'm sure that'll come out, like, 
either first of October or like a week before it launches. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing is that everyone is freaking out over something and we haven't even seen the trailer yet. Mm-hmm. People are like, where's Edward? And I'm like, well, give him a second. Give him a second. Yeah, I think I saw I saw something from the director. Maybe I hallucinated this, but I'm pretty sure I saw something from the director. And he was like, Edward is a tough role to cast. Correct. So we'll see how that goes. So I might be alone in this, but I don't really like love Edward. Edward's all right. Yeah. I feel like Edward has their moments. Yeah. What were you going to say, Travis? I mean, just Edward is still part of the Bebop crew, so people are definitely going to want to see Edward. Oh, yeah. Mm. Who does, does anyone know who they've cast as Vicious yet? Ooh, I don't know. Because I feel like that's also a hard role to cast. Oh, now I'm thinking. Now I'm just thinking about the uh, the fucking theme song, and I'm like, Alex Hassel. He is a British actor. Selected credits. Um. Torchwood. Okay. The Boys. Who is he in The Boys? Translucent. Oh, oh, okay, nice. Okay, yeah, he's he's good. I liked him as Translucent. Okay, cool. All right, rock on. Rock the fuck on. Oh yeah, Julia is Elena Satine. Sat Satine? I couldn't tell you. It looks like Adidas is working on some uh, shoes for it. They look kind of cool. Oh hell yeah! We're gonna get back into Cowboy Bebop after we get done tonight. Hell yeah! I watched. I rewatched it recently. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, fuck. Early, like honestly, I'll probably just watch uh, the one about Jet's backstory. Uh, backstory. Yeah. The, uh, God, what is it called? That's one of the best things about Cowboy Bebop is that you can kind of just jump into it. Yeah. Like you can just watch that one-off episode. Mm. Or if you're just like, you know, I just want to hit the story beats, that's five episodes. Yeah. That's like half a day. Yeah, for real. So. And they're some of the best television episodes, like, ever. (laughs) So good. (sighs) I'm glad we got to talk about a really good episode of television. I think... (laughs) Now, (laughs) it might be time to talk about another type of episode of television. Oh, boy. Can I go ahead and get into 
Can we get into it? Yeah. Sure. This episode is called Slumber Party. What is it about? Um, Sam and Dean uh, invite every angel to come to the bunker for a slumber party. And they all show up and they all eat popcorn and pizza and ice cream. And then Sam and Dean are like, surprise, it's all... Um, angel poison and then they all die except for Castiel and then everyone rides off into the sunset and nothing bad happens Yay. except for all the other angels dying Yay! no <laughs> let's talk about it Y'all, I felt like I was high while I was watching this episode. This episode? I kind of wish I had been high while I was watching this episode (laughs) because it might have made a little more sense. Fucking A. The best thing about this episode was that fucking Tannis was in it. Guys, I've spent the last four hours trying to figure out where I knew her from. Uh, Okay, that's what it was. It was fucking yes. Are y'all talking about Dorothy? Makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense because she's a Canadian actor. Also, uh, like, director and actor and writer. From, oh, shit. From her IMDb. Who is Tannis? Oh, Tannis is her character name from Letterkenny. Oh, okay. Okay. So, this is the actress, and she has a lovely first name. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call her by the name that she is credited as in the this episode of Supernatural. Tio Horn is her name. She is a Native American actress um, from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a really good Dorothy, I think. Uh, oh yeah, this is the fucking Wizard of Oz episode, bitch. Oh, God, it took me. We buried me... that lead, didn't we? Sorry. Continue. Yeah, it took me so long to realize what the fuck was actually happening. Really, the horror yes. didn't dawn on you quickly. <laughs> no. Okay. Because I I thought. I was trying to bury the lead more <laughs> because I was like, surely, surely not, sh- surely not. And then Robbie Thompson was like, oh, yes. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <clears throat> this episode has what I like to call the Nazi hunter unicorn problem. You can introduce a world to me where there are Nazis who hunt unicorns. Mm-hmm. That is fine. I will go with you to the end of the line on that. But if the middle and the third season, you're like, oh, by the way, do you know the real life Emperor Charlemagne? Yeah, he's a character in this and he's a talking mouse. I'm going to be like, what? (laughs) What show is that example from? Uh, None. I made it up. (laughs) Oh, God. What I'm saying is, is that 
when you do your world, okay, so Supernatural is like, hey, we're a television show and we're an urban fantasy show where there's like witches and demons and angels and, you know, there's gods and uh, a bunch of supernatural creatures you've never heard of, like tulpas and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, cool, 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 bet. And then they're like, oh, also fairies exist. And I'm like, okay. That seems to be from, like, a different genre of fantasy, or it's just, like, not really fitting in with your whole... Like, not that there aren't urban fantasy stories that deal with fairies, because there absolutely are, but they're not mm. fitting in with this vibe we got going on, you know? We were yeah. doing, like, this really gritty, fucking, like, hardcore urban fantasy television show that had its that had its goofy lighthearted moments but now you're telling me that if i clap my hands at the screen tinkle tinkerbell's gonna come back to life and then the show was like yes that is happening also you know the wizard of oz well that's a documentary and then i'm like okay no too far yeah you, you have taken my goodwill for a spin and now it's out like no no it's too much you, the my disbelief, my my suspension disbelief only suspends so far before it breaks. Yeah, it, it, I straight up. It wasn't until they were straight up like Oz. I'm from Oz. I was just like, no. And then I like I was I spent this whole episode in denial. Actually, I think that's what it was because I was saying no. They did not just canonize Oz. They did. In supernatural they and i did. and you know why Travis? I, okay. you know why they did it it's because robbie yeah. thompson hates you specifically <laughs> oh god well you know what to, to stick it to robbie thompson i did watch this episode at one and a half times speed <laughs> oh my god but that's only because i spent most of my day making a D map and i got a little hyper focused on it and then i looked at the clock and said oh no i need to watch this episode before i go to work once again we're like hey uh can you watch a 20 of the 45 minute episode in 20 minutes and the, answer, that the question, answer is yes yes you can <sighs> I really like, especially with the way this episode started, because you told me that this was an attempt at a spinoff. So actually, no, I okay, was, I was wrong about that. <laughs> you were just trying to bury the lead. I wasn't trying to bury the lead. I legitimately thought that this was one of the backdoor pilots because it just kind of seems like a very obvious choice, right? Well, and I spent the whole episode believing that it was a backdoor pilot. Yeah, and I, I was just like, too. no, absolutely not. Uh, uh no. All no, 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 no. So officially, there have only been two backdoor pilots for Supernatural. One of them was a, an episode we're going to get to in season 10. Mm -hmm. uh, it is considered one of the worst episodes of Supernatural of all time. Oh, no. And then the other episode we are going is uh, Wandering or Wayward Sisters. Wayward Sisters, yeah. yeah. I, I remember hearing about Wayward Sisters. Yeah. Um, I will let you know when we get to the first blood, the first backdoor pilot for sure. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's this episode is a lot. And I thought, okay, so the Wizard of Oz is in the public domain. Mm -hmm. The books are, right? Obviously, yes. the yeah. movie is not. 
which is why, like, when you see Disney do the Wicked Witch, she's painted green, but not the shade of green that the Wicked Witch was painted in The Wizard of Oz. That's under copyright. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they did, I think they did it tastefully enough where she, like, disappeared into green spo- smoke. Yeah. Like... That was another one of the things where I was just like, oh, no, it's definitely Wizard of Oz. So, yeah. But when, and they started when they started calling her the Wicked Witch, I was like, Wicked Witch, like the Wizard of Oz, Oz Wicked Witch. Like, what is happening? Were you not <laughs> like, I spent, when Dorothy was like, hi, my name's Dorothy? Well, I was like, Dorothy's a nice name, you know? It's my a good hunter name. name. Frank? Yeah. I, well, I did not know the author's name. I did oh, not yeah. know Wizard of Oz's author's name, so that one's on me. Okay. Um, I thought it was a rolled doll book. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz books predate rolled doll. At least, I don't know if they predate rolled doll being born, but they definitely predate him as a published, like when he was publishing. And also, yeah. their American rolled doll is British. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Wizard of Oz was a British. <laughs> it's set. The first part is set in fucking Kansas, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean it can't be is, British. Off. I mean, no, it doesn't. But it just that would have been like my first. I wouldn't have assumed it was British. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, is it set in fucking, you know, one of the flyover states? The state, the, one of the, one of the non-popular ones? I'm gonna, I would at least, I would at least be like, I'm pretty sure it's American. I swear to God, I spent most of this episode thinking the Wizard of Oz was a roll doll book. Fucking really? He wrote it right after the BFG, but right before Matilda. Oh, God. <clears throat> I'm fucking going crazy. Travis, this hurts me on a level that, like, <laughs> this is offensive to me. Podcast like, personally. Everybody home. Go home. Yeah. Oh, We're my God. Home. Honestly, yes. Let's all go home. I want to go to bed right now. I'm recording this podcast under duress. <laughs> Who's here by gunpoint? Huh? <laughs> uh, by we, all, we all raise our hands. <laughs> Except it's me. I'm holding the gun to my own head. (laughs) Oh, God. Franco. Oh, oh my God. Jesus, roll doll. Jesus Christ, Travis. (laughs) It's like you rolled a one on that check. Yeah. First of all, bitch, Google is free, so, like, figure shit out, all right? I figured it out now. I'm looking at the Supernatural Wiki. Oh, God. You had to find out through the Supernatural Wiki? (laughs) Yes! I really want to make this into a post. This is... (laughs) The Wizard of Oz is one of, like, the most American cultural... Like, most important American cultural touchstones... It is the first movie that was in color. Well, the yeah, I know that. Where Dorothy opens the door and goes into Oz, blew people's minds. Yeah. And you thought yeah, it was that very famous movie based on a British book. Roald Dahl. 
I feel like I'm saying Roald Dahl's name with the most so Roald Dahl. <laughs> just out of curiosity, I'm just gonna look up when the first Wizard of Oz was published. Versus 1927. When, um, 1927. Thank you, Travis. Or thank you, Ben. Yeah. Not Travis. <laughs> oh, no, I was just guessing. I thought you were still going to look at it. See. Oh. <laughs> 1900. Oh, no. When, was oh. Roald, when did Roald Dahl publish his first book? Let's find out. Let's see. Um, he was born 16 years after 1900, so definitely post 1900. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can we agree that 1916 is definitely after 1900? Yeah, yeah it depends on how you feel about time. But what you don't know is that Roald Dahl is a time traveler. Hmm. Dahl's first book, The Gremlins, was published in 1943. Hmm. Mm. That's crazy. Hmm. What year did the Wizard of Oz movie come out? Like 56? No. No. 46? No. Also, no. Earlier. 36? A little too. 26? Okay. Stop. 39. 16? 39. Oh, okay. I was close. (gasps) I just. Okay, so <laughs> roll fucking doll. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Get the fuck out. All right. I can't I can't get over I can't get over what I've just learned today. <laughs> Me neither, man. Like, Ben's not even really a reader, and he was like, yeah, Wizard of Oz, an American book, Frank L. Baum, like, yeah. very famous American movie. I used to be able to read. I didn't say you couldn't read, I just said you're not much of a reader. Oh no, I, I used to be able to read a lot, I just, I, I'd stopped. I, like, I was one of those kids that got burnt out on it. Ah, uh, I understand. Like, I used to read, like, constantly, but, yeah. Like I said, I spent... About ninety percent of my day making a D and D map. Was it based off a of rolled doll? No, nah, it was a haunted castle. All right. So, the Wizard of Oz is in public domain, and that's why you see so many fucking reimaginings of it. Mm-hmm. Famous ones include whatever the fuck Disney decided to do. Um. The Tin Man series on sci-fi. Wicked, the musical. Wicked, the book the musical's based off of. I was going to say, one of those was a book first. Yes. Uh, you know what else was a book first? The Wizard of Oz, published in 1900 <laughs> by L. Frank Baum. Oh, I thought you were going to say Roald Dahl. <laughs> Roald Dahl's a human person. He was an author who wrote books. One of which was not the Wizard of Oz series. <laughs> In fact, several of which was not the Wizard of Oz series. I really want to go onto like Roald Dahl's Wikipedia page <laughs> and it. either either just add the Wizard of Oz or just add Roald. known for not writing the Wizard of Oz. Roald Dahl is most known for not writing the Wizard of fucking Oz. <laughs> that was written by L. Frank Baum. 
Okay. This episode involves Charlie, which means it involves Robbie Thompson. But I will say there's less um, references in this episode. Yeah, because it's all references to Wizard of Oz instead. Well, let me get some Game of Thrones. I didn't understand any of the Game of Thrones references because I haven't really seen Game of Thrones, but we they were in there. Oh, yeah. Um, so, guys, I have some news about Roald Dahl's Wikipedia page. Oh, no. Oh, no. This, art- this article is semi-protected due to vandalism. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to go in and change it, but oh. Damn. Well, we know Poor the Roald. truth. We know that Roald Dahl didn't write the Wizard of Oz series. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right. So I'm going to go over a brief summary of what happens in Slumber Party. And then we can talk about the fucking episode. <laughs> Okay. This episode begins with a flashback to the old-timey Men of Letters bunker. And who shows up but a young woman named Dorothy. She's brought the Wicked Witch of the fucking West. Because Oz exists in the supernatural universe. And L. Frank Baum was a Men of Letters, or what Dorothy calls a glorified librarian. Um... Things quickly go side. I'm gonna I'm gonna describe the flashbacks and then what happens in present day. Okay. Okay. Things quickly go sideways for the men of letters and Dorothy because they can't figure out how to kill the wicked witch of the West. She's not just a witch witch. She's like a fairy witch, so she's extra hard to murder. Um, she also the witch has the ability to like possess people, and we know they're possessed because their eyes go all green, and then they talk in a gravelly Batman voice. Uh, Dorothy, doing some quick thinking, decides that she is going to use a magic spell to trap her and the witch together in, like, a jar. Um, the, one of the Man of Letters, what I like to call my favorite character in the entirety of Supernatural, despite the fact that I can't remember his name, um, decides to, like, continue searching for them, and also discovers clues that will help them in the future. In modern day, Sam and Dean are chilling out in the bunker. Kevin has decided to not be in this episode, so he has left. Uh, And Cass is also not there after last episode, where Dean was like, hey, you can't sit with us. Um, Sam decides that the best way to help Cass is to fix up their, like, what would you call it? Like a computer thing? Like, it was supposed to be like a computer. Yeah. 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 But basically, it's a, like a map computer that lit up the night the angels fell, and Sam thinks if they can fix it up, then they'll be able to warn Cass about where like clusters of angels are. He does not know that Dean is the reason why Cass left. He is still completely unaware that Zeke is possessing him. They decide to call in Charlie to help fix their machine. While they're there... They release Dorothy and the Wicked Witch. Dorothy explains that, yes, Oz is real. Yes, the Wicked Witch is an evil fairy witch. Uh, She has a bad relationship with her dad, the actual L. Frank Baum. And that they need to stop the Wicked Witch from getting this key to go back to Oz, which Dean has conveniently put in his bedroom. Because if they don't then she will basically decimate all of Oz with her, you know, flying monkey armies. Um, They find 
poppy essence will help like sting the witch so they make poppy bullets they only have a couple so they split up to try to you know get the key to oz and keep the witch from getting it during the course of this charlie fucking dies and ezekiel brings her back to life um, through conversation, Charlie figures out that she's died. Sam, Dean and Sam get possessed by the Wicked Witch, but Dorothy figures out that the key to killing the witch is to stab her to death with the ruby slippers, which she has kept in the bunker this entire fucking time. Also, there's a garage in the bunker, which has her old motorcycle in it. Um, they retrieve the ruby slippers. Sam and Dean almost managed to kill charlie and dorothy but dorothy is able to kill the writ which by stabbing her in the back of the head with the heel of the slippers saving oz and the real world and then at the end of the episode charlie decides to leave with um dorothy to oz and that's how the episode ends yeah so Hmm. So the bunker had to garage this whole time and no one like found it. <laughs> okay. Actually we were talking about micro niche or like micro, uh, tropes <clears throat> earlier, or like hyper specific tropes. Yeah. I, this probably isn't going to happen, but I would love the idea of the bunker just keeps getting new rooms added to it. Yes. Like kind of in the same vein of how in adventure time, there's just a princess for anything you could possibly imagine. Yes. Like that's, that's the gag is that there's always a princess. Um, I really just want the bunker to be a giant like room of requirement for, for Sam and Dean. It's like, Oh, there's a kitchen. Oh, there's a, there's a dungeon. Like, of course there's a dungeon. Of course there's a garage. Of course there's a, you know, a spa room. Like I just, I love that idea and I would love to see new rooms keep getting added to the bunker. (laughs) I like the idea of time traveling men of letters keep finding like their way to the future and the bunker and then they'll be like come on we gotta get to the tennis court and then sam and dean are like there's a tennis court and then the traveling men of time traveling men of letters was like yeah it's right past the swimming pool and then sam and dean are like there's a swimming pool i, I like yeah. that idea <laughs> i think it would be very funny no, um so this episode has a lot of issues um for me personally we've already talked about the fact that it's just stupid as fuck that Oz exists in this universe again it is what I call too much um that being said I also wasn't a big fan of the last episode either and if I had to choose between this type of bad episode and the last episode's type of bad episode I would choose this type a million times over (laughs) really oh yeah this is like goofy bad yeah definitely this bad over the last bad the last bad is boring yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Last episode was just boring. This one was at least making you go, "What? What? What?" Yeah, and it had tennis in it too. Yeah. And this episode definitely is like I think less good than the last episode, in that there's definitely a lot less than I liked about it. Um, mm-hmm. Here's here's what I liked. Feel free to add to this list. Uh, I liked. The actors who plays um, Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Charlie. 
Yeah. Crowley is fine. Yeah, Crowley was Crowley. Um, um, there was some humor, but it was all pretty mean humor. So I, I only half liked that. Yeah. Like there were some, there were some jokes, but they were just like, I don't know. They kind of, they kind of went from like bitchy funny to just cruel. Mm-hmm. I liked all the Wizard of Oz references. I liked the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but they just felt like constant after a while. Yeah. Like, especially at the end. Like, as ACDCs, like, for those about to rock, we, like, just them saluting as he says salute in the song. It's like, yeah, we fucking get it. We fucking get it, Robbie. And then, like, and then Sam and Dean exchanging lines. It's like, come on, man, just... We yeah we get it. This entire thing's a goddamn Wizard of Oz thing. Oh, like it, um, it's cool. Uh, here's something I liked about the episode. Um, James Haggerty. He's the name of the Men of Letters character with the mustache. Oh, the older ah. one. Yes, he is my favorite like... character in Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty awesome. <laughs> he was. He, he's in Supernatural for about five minutes. He's great. He is the best character in this show. <laughs> no one will ever compare to him. <laughs> I like him more than literally everyone else. Um. Oh, I'm so sorry for, like, Sam characterization moments that are not uh, centered around, you know, like, his insecurities or his brother, that Sam uh, is a fan of Game of Thrones, and I I liked that. I think that's cute. Yeah. I like the fact... Yeah, we kind of got... We got both sides of that coin, because we got Sam being a fan of Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. but we also got Sam being anxious about settling down. Yeah. Which I do. I actually didn't like that aspect of the episode because I thought I thought it could have been explored a little bit more. Yeah, I I think that a theme like that needs to be like the B plot of an entire episode. Yeah, not a couple of lines in an episode about a rolled doll book. Okay, we've been over this like sec- like seconds ago. Go back and listen to it if you're confused. But it was El Frank Baum. Okay, so basically, what happened with that subplot is Sam's room is pretty sparse. It has some books, and that's pretty much it. And people like Sam or Dean and Charlie comment on this, and Sam's like, I don't know, I just don't. This is you know my style. I don't really like to settle down. This isn't home. This is where we work. And Dean's like, What are you talking about? This is totally home. And, you know, it's both. Like, that's always mm-hmm. been our lives. And then Sam's like, eh. Eh. I've just never really been good at making home. And uh, Dean and him kind of talk about that later. But there's no real resolution to it. I'm trying to find where their conversation, what, what their conversation was in the quotes. Um, um, 
oh, Robbie Thompson seems to be the only person who writes for Supernatural to keep bringing up the fact that the Supernatural book series exists, and that I definitely appreciated also. Yeah, You did appreciate it? I do appreciate it. I love every time those books get brought back up. I love that they're on the internet now. I love that Charlie has read them. Oh, yeah. It was so pretty good. good. Um... Yeah, the, the scene where it's like someone uploaded all the unpublished works. I thought it was fanfic at first, but it was clearly his stuff. Yes, that was good. And Sam was like, who uploaded it? Becky Winchester 176? And Sam was just like, never, never no heard idea of who her. That is. No idea who that is. <laughs> God, that means Becky Winchester just fucking stole all of God's unpublished manuscripts and post them on the internet. Yep. I wonder if that means that, like, those are the books of like season six and seven and eight. Hey, they have to be. They fucking have, mm. which means that Charlie has read the plot to fucking season seven time for a wedding. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so she definitely knows that Sam knows Becky Winchester and was just giving him an out like a true fucking bro. Okay, so basically Sam is like, I don't know, I haven't had much good, I haven't had good luck at home. And I can't find exactly what Dean says, but he's basically like, this is the closest we're ever going to get, so uh, buck the fuck up, buttercup. And then Sam says nothing else, and it cuts to another scene. And I feel like if I were a writer on a television show like this, I would have maybe explored a little bit more, because it's pretty much the only time that it's brought up this episode. Like, that's it. I know Dean, uh, Sam says... uh home it hasn't really ended well and then dean says but a lifetime of abandoned buildings and collect crappy motel rooms i mean that's about it this is about as close to home as we're gonna get and it's ours yeah so um i do i do like the idea of dean like really attaching to this and taking claim of it Mm -hmm. which i think is a little i think it's cool because at first i thought it would be sam that would do that yeah um, but I like to see that it's Dean that's getting comfortable here. Well, I like the idea of Sam because resp- I feel like the natural response for Sam is, I understand that you're nesting here and I respect that. But literally every time I have tried to make a home for myself, it has gone up in fucking flames. And so I'm worried that if I settle down here, basically Sam's like, I have to look this gift horse in the mouth because every time I haven't, people have fucking died. You know? Yeah. So it makes sense to me that Sam would have a lot of anxiety over, like, you know, living in the bunker and stuff. Mm-hmm. He knows that every time he's allowed himself to be happy with his normal life, it all goes away very, very quickly. Mm. <clears throat> but Dean is also probably right. This, right, this is the closest that they're ever going to get to, like, having a normal home. Mm-hmm. Um. And the episode doesn't have to have a, rev- a resolution to this problem, but it definitely needed to explore it more, I think, a little bit. Um, because the reason why the reason Sam gives for like why he's not willing to settle down is he's basically like, you had the home with mom and dad, and I didn't have that. And it's like, but you've had other homes, Sam. Yeah. Like you had that time with Jessica in college. And you had your thing with Amelia. Like, those were also homes, you know? Yeah. And what's her name from last season? With the dog? That was Amelia. Oh, that was Amelia. Sorry. Mm-hmm. God, that was last season? I know. It feels like it's been so long. 
we've aged just in that time. I have so many gray hairs. <laughs> I'm all gray. What are you thinking, Ben? What are you thinking about this episode? Like, it was fine. It felt very much like a sci-fi, like, straight-to-sci-fi channel movie. Uh, like, it didn't feel great. It didn't feel the worst. Like, bad is still a good, like, word for it. Because at the end of the day... Uh, it, it at least like when I went to check my phone and like to zone out during this episode, uh, like I I still wanted to like see what was happening. Like last episode, mm-hmm. it was like I just I I don't want to be here anymore. But this episode was a little bit more fun, and there was a little bit more like actiony funness that was weird. Like I kind of want that goddamn spell that Dorothy used to be explained because that was kind of dope and especially like what Dean had to cut her out of like it just seemed interesting to me and I wish that was like uh, explained or dove into a little bit more Uh, also I thought it was weird that the witch was just stabbed in the back of the head and died but and I kind of wish I, I really wish that she had been able to talk with Crowley because that would have been fun. Right? Like, what was the point of cutting out the Wicked Witch's tongue? Um. Duh. Maybe her magic is verbally based. That's a good point. But she was still able to do, like, that one kill spell, though. Yeah, that's true. And possess people. Yeah. You know. Okay, so in the first, in in the book and in the movie, obviously the Wicked Witch dies very famously because Dorothy throws water on her and mm-hmm. she melts. This is going back to the, the way they killed her, which is with a shoe. Right. And look. Okay, so. Like, I get it because it was the ruby slippers. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean. The way they kill her in the movie and in the book is just so iconic. Like, so iconic. And that's kind of how she's died in literally everything else. Yeah. Except for Wicked, technically. But, well, the the musical Wicked, not the book. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I get that they couldn't do that because... Well, no, actually, I think they could have because... Because that's part of the book. Yeah. So Dorothy in the show doesn't like the Wizard of Oz books. She has a bad relationship with her dad, L. Frank Baum, because Mm -hmm. he was obsessed with the Men of Letters and he never paid attention to her. Very different from the real L. Frank Baum. Obviously, he wasn't a Men of Letters, but, you know, um, we'll get into him a little bit later. Um, And just kind of... She, she she ended up dying against the Wicked Witch in Oz, we find out. And she always hated the books because she thought it was L. Frank Baum not able to deal with this guilt of what happened to her. Like her dying, but then coming back to life. Mm-hmm. Not like what they actually were, which according to Charlie was a, were, were hints of how to defeat the witch when they when she went up against them again. 
So in the books, the witch is killed because water's thrown on her. In the television show, she's killed by the ruby slippers. I feel like you're kind of taking one of the most iconic parts of The Wizard of Oz and switching it up in a way that doesn't make it better. And it's just kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And since it doesn't make it better, maybe you should have just stuck with the thrown water on her ending. I don't understand why um I don't understand why she needed to be pierced with a magic shoe. Mm-hmm. Like I remember them talking about needing something pointy. Yeah. Don't remember why. Oh, it's because Charlie's like, we need to stab her with something, or we need to figure out how to kill her, preferably something with a pointy end. And Dorothy, out of fucking nowhere, is like, oh, you know what has pointy ends? Shoes. High heels. Fucking stilettos. I'm serious. Travis? Hey, uh, yeah, I know, and this really feels like a Robbie Thompson going, oh, women like shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, because in the episode, specifically, they're like Dorothy and Charlie are like, I don't really like heels. Uh, yeah. Also, they do this thing that I really hate, where they're like, Charlie's like, you haven't ever worn the ruby slippers? And Dorothy's like, no, it would be tacky to wear a dead woman's shoes. Wah, wah. First of all, get fucked. You are not good enough to make fun of the Wizard of Oz. Get fucking fucked. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you, Robbie Thompson and Supernatural. God damn it. Oh, that makes me so mad. Um, okay, so, yeah. So the way they kill her is with the shoes. It's stupid as shit. The type of heels they're wearing, I don't think they could stab anyone to death. It would um, break the shoe, right? Like, it would just break off. Also, it's been a while since I've read The Wizard of... Well, yes, Ben, absolutely right. But it's been a while since I've read The Wizard of Oz. And, like, I don't think there was anything in the book that L. Frank Baum could have been referencing to be like, hey, you have to murder her with the shoes. Like, that really does come out of nowhere right after Charlie is like, we need to go back to The Wizard of Oz to find a clue that your dad left you. Yeah. You know what I was thinking this whole episode? As soon as Dorothy was like, I've tried everything to kill her and nothing has worked. You know what I thought? What? Um, not a mulcher. <laughs> or a uh, <laughs> a tree shredder. Hey, you know what always works? Cutting off someone's head. Have you tried that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, you know what? The first thing you should always try when trying to kill a new supernatural creature: beheading, decapitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a wood chipper. Yep. That you know what? That's true. Didn't, hey, Dorothy, you didn't try a wood chipper. Have you tried putting her in a block of concrete? Have we considered that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, going back to the water thing, I feel like the way that they could have made it to where they throw water on her is half Dorothy not finish The Wizard of Oz, right? She hates the book. She hates her dad. Mm-hmm. So she just doesn't finish it. She, she gets like two-thirds of the way through it, and she's like, this is fucking stupid. This isn't how it happened. Dad's just trying to work out his own guilt, blah, blah, blah. 
So we cut to present day, and nobody suggests that Dorothy try splashing water on the witch, because they assume that that was the first thing she fucking tried. Or they assume it was just completely made up. And then Charlie's like, I mean, if we we tried the bucket of water thing, and if that didn't work, I don't know what's going to happen. And then Dorothy's like, what? And Charlie's like, you haven't finished the book? And Dorothy's like, no, I hate that book. And then they decide to do the water thing, and that's what works. It's stupid. It's dumb as shit. But guess what? This entire episode was a mistake. Yep. The other thing I would have accepted is if they tried the bucket of water right away, and then it didn't work. Yeah. Like then I can also accept the shoe ending. It didn't get a, it didn't even get a shout out. No. Or again, they just set her on fire. <laughs> like yeah, like it. Dorothy's like, I've tried everything. Magic, magic bullets, other magic shit, throwing the water on her. And then Sam Dean and Charlie are like, Have you tried uh blowing her up? And Dorothy's like, <laughs> Oh, no, I haven't. And then that's yeah. what works. That would have been great. <laughs> And then Sam is like, well, we have an arsenal. And Dean's like, we have an arsenal? (laughs) Yes. And then Sam's like, yeah, it's right past the the RPG launcher. Yep. (laughs) Have have we tried tried setting her on fire? Would that maybe work? Dorothy's like, no, I haven't tried that. Oh, let's do that then. Yeah. How effective is she going to be at conquering Oz if she's burnt to a crisp? I don't know. Very silly. Very silly. Um, Dean gets Zeke to come back out to bring Charlie back to life, which confuses Sam even more because now, and Dean just keeps digging himself into this hole because now the secret is getting bigger. Mm hmm. Because now Charlie is involved with it. And luckily she's off in Oz or whatever, but Charlie is involved with it. Sam heard him say the name Zeke and is wondering, hmm, I wonder who that is. This to me And is, Dean is just trying to gaslight the shit out of him. This to me is the episode where Dean really, really leans into the gaslighting. Yeah. Like, big time. He's definitely um, gaslighting. I mean, he tries to gaslight Charlie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Charlie's like, uh uh, I am too girl boss to be gaslit. Yes, I'm the <laughs> ultimate girl, girl boss and I cannot be gaslit. Yeah, Charlie is like, gate boss, girl keep gaslit. <laughs> Gas <laughs> boss. Uh, Gas girl, boss, girl keep. Girl keep. Gate lit. Gate lit. Yeah. I'm not lit enough for these jokes. Oh. Oh, also, Zeke is able to step out and, like, help out when Charlie gets murdered. But when Sam gets possessed by the Wicked Witch, he is snoozing. Yeah. He is like, I can't do anything. It's because he used, like, a bunch of his power to heal Charlie. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And isn't that fucking convenient? Every time he, like, does something, he has to stay longer in Sam. So I'm sure this Mm -hmm. is going to be fine. Oh, yeah. This is definitely not going to come to a head in any dramatic way. Mm Mm-hmm. True. I wish the stuff with Zeke was fucking over. 
Yeah. It is to me by far the worst part of season nine so far. And just waiting for this Ruby slipper to drop is killing me. (laughs) This is already worse than how season eight started. Yes. And season eight also did not have a great start. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. What do you what do you think's gonna happen when, you know, the liar gets revealed? I think again, echoing the soulless Sam arc, Zeke is gonna Sam is going to reject Zeke and he's going to leave his body leaving Sam incapacitated again. And maybe Sam actually gets to die this time and be peaceful forever. Just kidding. That never happens. Yeah, no, definitely not. How did you feel about Charlie being like, I'm bored with hunting. I want to go on a magical quest. Uh, is hunting not enough of a magical quest? Like apparently, fucking not. Fuck. Yeah, she gets her wish at the end when she gets to go to Oz, though. Yeah, for real. Yeah, Charlie has gone from I don't lose my number. I never want to see you again. To if I don't get to throw a magical ring into a volcano, stat, I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah. I I mean, really, it's just more excuses for Robbie to keep bringing her back. Is Robbie the only person that writes Charlie? Like, is Robbie exclusively the author of episodes that include Charlie? He has been so far, but I do not think that stays the case. Okay, thank God. Yeah. Because I was thinking about this today after I watched it, like... One thing I like about a lot of American cartoons is that, especially with shows like Adventure Time, a regular show, mm-hmm. there's a pretty big cast of characters mm-hmm. and different storyboarders and different writers, you know, basically get their hand at writing these characters. And it puts a lot of really interesting characterization into them mm-hmm. because it's written literally by so many people that in some ways it can help round out a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, like, in this situation, if Charlie is exclusively written by Robbie Thompson, I want her to run into a gun that is going off. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, I'm sorry. That that was a lot. But, like, I would get... I'm already gonna get so tired of that. Yeah. So, um, Charlie has a couple of episodes, I think, that are written by Andrew Dabb. And then she also gets to be in some uh, Buck Lemming episodes. Great. Our favorite writing duo. Travis, whose name do you fear more on the writing credits of an episode? Oh, God. Buck uh, Lemming or Robbie Thompson? Yep. <laughs> Fuck. God. It's like they're two sides of the same coin, to be honest. Really? Oh, I, I definitely... my The chill of fear definitely goes through my spine more when I see Buck Lemming. 
For yeah, sure. I for get sure. that. Well, yeah, I, I will say Buck Lemming definitely has a much worse track record. Yeah. Because Robbie Thompson at least has put out a couple of bangers. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Buck Lemming is like chipping your tooth and then biting into ice cream. Oh. And, and, and Robbie Thompson is like accidentally scraping your fingernails across like chalkboard slate. Ugh. Um, that's a fair comparison. <laughs> yeah, that just just had to put that one out there. Ari, are you still with us? I'm still with you. Uh, in spirit, maybe. Not physically, because I'm still imagining the feeling of my broken tooth biting into ice cream. It sounds nightmarish. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think that Robbie Thompson's written some good stuff. I think he's written some good episodes of Supernatural. And I really like Charlie as a character. Like, I really, really do. I know I haven't really talked about how much I like... Um episode she's been in but Mm -hmm. I do I do like Charlie you know um, I like Felicia Day a lot yeah I'm I'm a fan I have a question if you could choose a uh, public domain um, book series for Supernatural to make an extended universe out of uh, which would you choose um, or just like fairy tale or something like that. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. That's just all of it. That would be perfect, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The Invisible Man. Oh, that'd nice. be dope. That would be cool. Yeah. I would go with H.G. Well works. H.G. Wells works in general, I think. Would be oh, yeah, neat. like the H.G. Yeah. wells verse Ooh. That would be neat. The Michael Crichton, like all of his works, too, that'd be dope. Andromeda Strange, Jurassic Park, a third one. <laughs> a third one. I don't think I would do Jurassic Park. I think that's a little too much. Dinosaurs oh, yeah. in my urban fantasy show. That's... Hey, that's when I stopped watching Doctor Who. When I got to an episode called Dinosaur Dinosaur on a Spaceship, I was like, I think I'm done. Mm-hmm. It's Dino Crisis 3, baby. Yeah. Oh, this episode ends with Dorsey saying to Charlie, come help me find my damn dog. Um, which means that Dorothy thinks Toto is still alive in Oz. I mean, Oz is a magic place. Maybe dogs can live for a lot longer there. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that's possible. It's been like 70 years, though. Yeah. You know how there's that, you know how there's that book, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? uh Uh-huh. What if it was Pride and Prejudice and Supernatural? 
I've read so many fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> that is that very concept. Um, nice. You know what? Uh, I moment I did really enjoy in the episode is when Dorothy and Charlie go out to her motorcycle to find the glass slipper or the ruby slippers, and Dorothy pulls out the Tin Man's head. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. She's kept his decapitated head for like years. I mean, I know she's been in prison for most of it, but still, that was very funny to me. What else about this episode before we get into some reviews? Um, I mean, I think that's it for me. What about you, Ben? Any final thoughts? It shouldn't have happened. It should have been a different book series or just different book entirely. Or, like, the one good thing about this episode is Tannis. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the lady that played Dorothy. I enjoyed Dorothy's character. She deserved better. Yeah. My favorite thing about this episode is still James Haggerty, the man of letters. <laughs> the, the guy that looks like a better version of John Waters. Yes. If his... Okay. Hold on. What are you saying about John, John Waters? I'm not saying anything bad about John Waters. I'm just saying, like, if, the, if you put these guys in a room together, I would assume they were brothers. Huh. I mean, that's fair. You know what? That's fair. So, I just looked at James Hackerty's uh, supernatural.fandom.com page, and he is in one more episode of Supernatural, or is at nice. least mentioned. So, that's really exciting for me personally. Um, he is the best. <laughs> I love him. Here's why I love him so much his mustache, the, his hat. Uh, the fact that his friend is like, adventure is amazing. And he's like, adventure is fucking stupid. Adventure yeah. is how people die. And then his friend dies. Uh, the fact that he continued searching for Dorothy. He didn't have to do that. He just, he just wanted to help her. Because, you know, it's not like they were really good friends or anything. In fact, Dorothy fucking insulted him. And he was just like, nope, I'm going to figure out how to help her. I'm going to keep looking for her. And he never found her. And I think that was really sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. James Haggerty, best supernatural character. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Hell of a shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little, a little aside fun fact. Uh, I was on the wiki, uh, the TV tropes page for this episode specifically to look like different tropes because I was trying to see if backdoor pilot was, um, the backdoor pilot was uh, mentioned as a as a trope, but it wasn't because that's I was checking. This is a bottle episode though. Yeah, it is about. Oh yeah, because it all it's all in the bunker. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, also Crowley is in this episode. Uh, not utilized enough, I think. Yeah. Um. I like Mark Shepard a lot. Uh. He's still just being a prisoner in the bunker. That's where we're at with him. I think it was just like they are in the bunker. Like they're gonna encounter Crowley because he's also in the bunker. It was just one of those. Yeah. Like, well, we're in the bunker, and so is Crowley, so we might as well have him. All right. But on 2 V-Tropes, for this episode, they do a fun thing, I think for all their episodes, and they do a body count, where they do the body count for the episode and then for the series so far. And for mm. this episode, it's two humans and one wicked witch. For the series so far, 
at least 1,065 angels, 924 humans, of which seven were witches, 135 demons, 51 vampires, 48 ghosts, 36 Jefferson starships, 20 gods, 19 zombies, 10 hellhounds, 7 skinwalkers, 6 changelings, 5 jinn, 5 shapeshifters, 5 werewolves, 4 ghouls, 4 leviathan, 4 reapers, 3 dogs, 2 amazons, 2 arachnes, 2 kitsunes, 2 rugurus, 2 thules, 2 vitalas, Two crocatas, one dra or sorry, one crocata, one dragon, one fairy, one familiar, one con worm, one uh, lamia, the mother of all, one okami, one phoenix, one purgatory creature, one rakshasa, one rawhead, one shojo, one striga, one siren, one titan, one windigo, one whore of Babylon, one wicked witch, and one wraith. Wow, that's a lot of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, all right. You want to read some reviews for this fucking episode? Yes. As always, I will do one of the high ones, and I will do one of the low ones. And I will say, this has some not-so-great reviews, which is pretty rare for this show. I was like, yeah. What, um, what's the highest one? The highest one is, of course, a 10 out of 10. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, I will read this one, because it is relatively short. A campy classic. The Winchesters are friends of Dorothy. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Finally, someone worse than me. There's a little bit of material about the... Do you guys know what a friend of Dorothy is? Yeah. It. For those who don't know, it was basically code for saying that you're gay or saying that someone is gay yeah from like i don't know the 20s or something um there's a little bit of material about the ongoing plot on the season i.e crowley the angel detector men of letters history but this largely uh, this largely a successful comedic episode that uses charlie to good effect I'm a big fan of the Oz books, along with Highland's The World is Myth stuff, and I liked how episode very quickly recontextualizes the book's icon. There's a few in-jokes if you know the books well. The actress who played Dorothy was a, f a fun find, reminded me of Hildy and his Girl Friday. The episode also contains the best in-joke for LGBTQ fans. What was that? I mean... I mean <laughs> is that that the Winchesters become friends of Dorothy? Yeah, I don't think I don't think that was the intended subtext. I also agree that that was not the intended subtext. But I think if you wanted to read it that way, you could. But yeah, that review is a 10 out of 10. Uh, and then this one. There are very few episodes of Supernatural I didn't enjoy. Unfortunately, this was one of them. The entire episode, I had a pit in my stomach. And the thought, oh dear God, I hope they don't keep going with this plot thread. Abort, abort, kept coming to mind. The <laughs> ongoing plot stuff of the season and the interaction between Sam Dean and the other recurring characters was all that redeemed this episode. The plot of this episode itself was too campy and silly in a show I enjoy partially because it's not overly campy, like some of the other for urban fantasy type shows. 
perhaps they were testing to take the show in a very different direction. Perhaps they want to consider some kind of spinoff with a very different tone. Well, I would love a spinoff, perhaps set in the 30s or some other time before Sam and Dean were born, dealing with some of the back history they've established in the show, or perhaps in the current time with ties through some of the minor characters they've introduced thus far. I'm not interested in a spinoff based on the plot of this episode. This plot would have been too campy in Dresden Files, Buffy, Angel, Grimm, Lost Girl, and Reaper. It would not have been too campy for Lost Girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> all of which are still notably campier than Supernatural. It felt like the writers of Charmed and Once Upon a Time got together and wrote the most childish episode of Supernatural they could manage, using the characters available, and frankly, I did not enjoy this at all. And then there's an asterisk beside Once Upon a Time, and the asterisk is, I don't actually mind Once Upon a Time, it's an alright show. But it does not keep my interest for long. It's a show I will watch if someone else has playing in the background, but not a show I will actively go out of my way to watch myself. Bringing what is likely my favorite show down to, eh, I guess I'll watch it if I can't think of anything better to do, is very much not what I want. Three out of ten. Disappointing. Nice. Yeah. It is not actually the lowest review for this episode. Ooh. The lowest review is Jacting Joyce's very questionable in this one. I think they mean acting choices? Probably. Here it is. It's very short. Right into this god awful right into this god awful episode right after the last one ended with Cassiel, sick and twisted. Two out of ten. Wow. I mean, agree. Because it was pretty much like, oh, Castiel's gone. Okay, now we're doing this. Yep. Sick and twisted, says Hufford. And here's the reviewer who hates Charlie. Uh, I really liked this episode. It brought in a whole new realm of supernatural to the show, despite it having Charlie in it. Yuck. Charlie was rat-faced as ever in this, and luckily she seems to be gone for good now. Unfortunately, I don't truly believe this, and I'm very I'm sure they'll somehow work her back in later. The end of this episode seemed very final for her and Oz, which I hope is the case for the former and not the case for the latter, as Oz seems pretty cool in that it's a whole new dimension outside of heaven, hell, earth, and purgatory. Plus, the Wicked Witch was cool. And cool, uncool, that Crowley was afraid of her. Cool because she's powerful, uncool because he's the king of hell and should be more powerful. Powerful. Nine out of ten. Boo, Charlie. Yay, Oz. <laughs> wow. Yep. Got a real Charlie hater over here. A real. Ch- We've read a review from them before where they were really down on Felicia Day's yeah. looks, and I think that's unfair. I think one, it doesn't really matter, and two, I think Felicia Day is very, uh, very pretty. So yeah. What are the chances that this rev- reviewer was in Vietnam? Um, I don't. I slim. I guess I don't know. Because they hate Charlie so much. That's why I asked. Oh, oh God. That was bad. <laughs> that was bad. You Boo. See the face I mean, it was great. I love this joke. Ben, I feel like you should have you followed that up with, like, the beginning of Fortunate Son or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't a goddamn. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't a copyrighted song or whatever. Yeah, like, that like <laughs> I'm the Lorex and I speak for the trees. I'm not finishing that joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, hopes, alternate realities, wishes, anything to finish up this episode with? Um. Yeah, I wish there was an alternate reality where I could go back and not watch this episode. Yeah. Here, 
here's a real fucking question. Here is a real goddamn question. Is there going to be an episode of season nine that we like? Like completely? 100%? I mean, I don't want to say no. I mean, I don't want to say, wait. Yeah, I don't want to say no. Because anything is possible. Anything is possible. Because I didn't think I would like anything about season eight. And I wound up liking some stuff there. Mm -hmm. So I will keep an open mind as long as we don't have to hear about the Wizard of Oz anymore, Robbie. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you the title of the next episode. Oh, can I can I say it? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Travis. The next episode is called Dog Dean Afternoon. What's it about? (sighs) (laughs) Why is there another dog episode? You know what? This is, to my memory, the third episode involving dogs. Yep. And just going based off that title alone, the third episode involving a dog human or like a human who can turn into a dog or a human that has dog like qualities. So, Travis, I do think there will be an episode of season nine that we like, but I don't think it's going to be the next one. Yeah. Watch it be oh the best episode God. of the season. Watch it just be like the most amazing, well-written, funny, heartwarming, touching episode. Okay. Um, it's been so long since I've seen it, so I truly do not know. Dean, here we go. I'll go with I'll go with the heartwarming theme. Uh, Dean finds a dog on the side of the road, and he rescues it, and he brings it back to the bunker. And he puts it in a room, but then he hears it, like, making a big mess, like it's crashing stuff over and stuff. And Sam is like, Dean, what is that noise? And Dean is like, oh, I rescued a dog. And then they open the door to look at it. And Sam goes, Dean, that's a coyote. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds super cute. And I love that. And I hope... I hope that is the next episode, Travis. Yeah, me too. In my heart. And I think in your heart, you know that's not it. Yeah, it's not. (sighs) But you know what, Travis? We got to review it next week either way. Thank you so much for listening. If if you if you listen to this episode at all, even if you fucking hated it, you know what? I still appreciate the shit out of you personally. You're awesome. Thank you. Um, if you'd like to hear more from us, you can check out our website at habcast.com, uh, where you can find links to all of our social media at Habcast on Twitter and Instagram, and Hey Asbud, a supernatural podcast on Facebook. You can also find a link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Habcast. For just $3 a month, you gain access to the other show we do, Let's Shag Ass, the show where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. It is a super fun show, and you should definitely check us out. Um, you can also, for any amount of money a month, uh, join our Habcast Discord, where fans of the show talk about their feelings. Um, that is also a lot of fun. Come, come say hi. Come say hi yeah. to us. We'd appreciate we sh- 
hearing. We share a lot of memes. We talk about food. Yep. A lot of um, cursed shit from Ben. Yeah, a lot of cursed course. shit. Yep. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. So, so come, come say hi. We'd appreciate it. Um, until next time, have fun. And don't die. Bye.